0: I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial. Carol serves as the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's a nationally recognized gerontologist, named one of the nation's top 50 influencers in aging for 2017 by Next Avenue, the digital journalism arm of the PBS system. Carol holds a master's degree in social gerontology and has been involved in the field of aging for nearly 30 years. Our topic today, Carol, is one that Uh, we probably don't pay enough attention to. And that's the whole overall issue of mental health and mental wellness.
1: Well, it's huge. Um, The pandemic on top of climate change, on top of uh, crime and civic unrest. I mean, there's so much going on in our lives right now. And I think we all feel um, the stress and we're We don't spend enough time talking about mental wellness.
0: Well, we have an opportunity today to talk about mental wellness and uh, to showcase a special conference that is here in San Antonio, but available live stream pathways to hope conference, August 26th and 27th. will be at the Tobin Center in San Antonio. It's free and open to the public. And one of the people involved in it is the Reverend Justin Lindstrom. Justin has been an Episcopal priest for over 20 years. He currently serves as the Associate Rector for Community Formation at Christ Church in San Antonio, oversees children, youth, college, and young adult ministry, as well as all outreach. He serves on the Steering Committee for Bridges to Care San Antonio and is a cohort leader and is on the planning team for the Pathways to Hope Conference. And, Reverend Lindstrom, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. It is
2: great to be here with you all. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I appreciate the work that uh, you're doing, along with uh, Doug Beach from uh, NAMI here in San Antonio. Uh, tell us about your involvement and what attracted you to Pathways for Hope.
2: Yeah, it um, you know we we run an outreach ministry at our church, and we are seeing a number of people, especially during the pandemic, come to us with severe mental challenges. Um, just you know, you name it, you you could see it in people. Um, and we really wanted to get involved as a, as a church with how we can serve our friends from the community better. And so that's how we got involved. And then that's how I got involved with, with not only Bridges to Care, but Pathways to Hope, just exactly what Carol was saying at the beginning here of just everything that we've gone through as a culture and society and community has put great strain on, on us emotionally. Um as well as physically, but really emotionally, the isolation has been really, really hard on people.
0: And I know what often happens when folks are feeling uh, stressed, feeling anxious, feeling as if they've got a mental illness or problem. Often the first place they'll go is to their uh, religious leader, their rabbi, their pastor, what have you.
2: Yes. And and we are uh, highly under trained uh, to, <laughs> to, um, to deal with that. And statistically, I mean, it's, across the board, we're we're not well equipped to deal with with people who are coming to us. And so one of the reasons why um, I'm involved with this is because I wanted to um, receive the training myself so that I could actually be better equipped to serve the people that are in my care.
0: And what is Bridges for Care?
2: Bridges to Care is a um, um, community-based program and movement. Really, we call it a movement, and we're moving from being transactional to transformational from being um, uh, kind of non-personal to relational. Um, And uh, it's uh, people are put together in cohorts geographically throughout the city. And it's really comes out of the faith-based communities. And, um, and we receive a minimum 20 hours worth of training. And when you complete that training, you're considered a wellness champion. Um, And so now you can be basically a first responder to someone who is struggling with their mental health.
0: And for folks in other communities, for religious leaders and others, uh, would you be willing to help them start up a similar program?
2: For sure. We'd love it. Yeah. They, all they need to do is contact NAMI here in San Antonio. And, um, and we've already had many um, communities from around the, the nation seeking out, you know, information of how they could get started. And we'd love to help others.
0: Now, for folks who don't know, what is NAMI?
2: The National Alliance on Mental Illness. And there's chapters almost in every community around the nation.
0: So if folks want to participate and attend Pathways to Hope, uh, whether it's by streaming or in person, what will they see? What is that program all about?
2: So Pathways to Hope started, I believe, about seven years ago. It's before my time in San Antonio, but it um, has really came about as a conference to bring everyone together that is, um, you know, concerned or thinking about mental health. And so you have clinicians that are there, you have clergy that are there, you have civic leaders who are there, you have elected officials who are there, and you have citizens who are there. Um, You know, a a really beautiful conference of just everybody coming together. Um, And during that conference, you'll hear – Uh, national-renowned speakers um, and well-known speakers in this field of mental health and mental wellness. Um, Those will be live-streamed, and so um, they'll be available to everybody nationwide, Um, and then there'll be workshops every afternoon on different topics.
0: Now, for those who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zorniel. We're talking about Pathways To Hope, a conference in San Antonio, but available live stream everywhere dealing with mental health and mental health issues. The Reverend Justin Lindstrom is with us. He's part of the group putting that program together. We're talking about caregiving, the impact, and mental illness. Uh, One of the topics that often is thrown out, uh, Reverend Lindstrom, is empathy fatigue. What's Mm -hmm. meant by that?
2: (laughs) Um, I've experienced it myself. (laughs) So, um, you know, as an Episcopal priest, we care. You know, I'm called to care for people. And especially during the pandemic, there was um, just a a lot of heartache, a lot of hurt, um, a lot of loss, a lot of pain, um, a lot of death. And and we were called to be there and walk with people um, in that and through that. And um, um, we... We experienced as well the same isolation as everyone else experienced. And so it was hard for us to find care for ourselves while we're caring for others. And so as we turned to people and had empathy for them, um, you you get tired um, and you get worn out. Um, And if you don't have a good support system... um, you then don't become a very good caregiver towards the person that are are in your care. So um, it's definitely an issue um, that that we're all dealing with. Is it something you
0: knew you, I'm sorry, Carol, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I think it's such an important topic and caregivers may hear caregiver burnout, but what they may not realize is that burnout is that compassion fatigue where at some point you hit a wall um, you really feel like you have no more to give. Maybe you feel like you don't care. Maybe you just feel angry yeah. uh, at the whole situation. That's compassion fatigue.
2: Yeah. I remember hitting that wall, Carol, at um, a 42 year old psychiatrist in our congregation died of COVID. And I was just, I was just mad. I mean, it was, it was maddening. It was, I was mad. I was thinking to myself, of all the people who um, died is someone who's caring for all these other folks. And, um, uh, and he, he had COVID six months earlier and then it didn't come back. And then, you know, they, his family found him in the bathroom gone um, on Christmas Eve um, of all times. So, I mean, when you deal with something like that, the, you, you do, you hit that wall um, and you're, you're just um, ready to, throw in the towel, but you know, you can't, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's, you, you just can't do that. You've got to continue finding a way somehow to, um, to rejuvenate yourself and to refocus and, and continue to serve the people that are, are in your care.
1: Right. And as caregivers, you know, just like people in the profession, we tend to think that we are superhuman, That we're not allowed to hit a wall. We're not allowed to be angry. Um, And so that it's so important to acknowledge that we're normal people and that we're going to react as caregivers or professionals, just like anybody else would in highly, highly emotional, stressful situations. And we all, you know, you get by with a little help from your friends. Um, Yes, you do. Uh, Everybody needs a support system.
0: What did you do, Justin? What's that? When you hit that wall, what did you do?
2: Um, I turned to. Uh, fortunately, I'm on a staff with with multiple clergy um, here and at Christ Church, and so we turned to each other because we were all experiencing it. We we were all you know dealing with that same particular issue, and um, and we we really had to just take some time out. You know, um, turn the phones off, turn the email off, and and um, and rejuvenate, you know, collect ourselves, get some extra rest. Um, you know, all the things that your doctors will tell you about uh, your physical health. Um, you really have to do the same things really for your emotional health to eat right exercise, <laughs> you know, get, get enough rest, Have make sure you have people you can talk to that, that you, you know, can take care of you and help you. And um, so all of those things were things that were helpful to me.
1: Uh, And we, you know, and we're doing the same thing with Caregiver SOS. We have caregiver specialists. I have uh, team members who are in senior centers, and I'm actually holding a compassion fatigue workshop internally Mm -hmm. with Dr. Jamie, who does Caregiver SOS on air, a psychologist, because we don't realize sometimes that we are suffering compassion fatigue. And so that's something that we're doing on purpose to raise the flag and say, hey, If you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling in distress or like you're not feeling normal anymore, here are things that you can do. So it's terrific that you're calling out this issue, that you recognize it in yourself, and that you're offering help to the community.
0: And what's been, and I want to find out in just a minute from you, the response of not only your congregation, but the community as you look at the impact of Pathways to Hope. If you all have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernio, and we will continue this conversation in a moment. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not-normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We're so pleased you were with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, we're talking with the Reverend Justin Lindstrom. Uh, Justin Lindstrom has been an Episcopal priest for over 20 years. He is also the co-chair of the Episcopal Diocese of West Texas Mental Health Committee. And we're talking about Pathways to Hope Conference, August 26th and 27th at the Tobin Center in San Antonio, available as well for you to watch streaming. And we'll tell you how to link to that. And Justin, the theme for this year's conference is healthy community.
2: Correct. Yeah. We, we decided to uh, choose that theme because knowing that we're, we're slowly coming out of the pandemic and moving into um, being in person with one another and being in community again with one another, that we wanted to focus in on how to do that in a healthy way. Um, Part of that is is taking care of our physical health, intellectual health, spiritual health, but also uh, the the one area that I think we we tend to neglect is our emotional health. And so we wanted to focus in on the holistic person with a real emphasis on the emotional health and how that can be a part of a healthy community. Tell me what that means. It it means that um, I think really to um, so so. I'll, I'll put it into an example here at, at uh, my church, we, you know, if someone comes to us and says, I have cancer, um, we will start meals and we'll take people to the hospital and we'll, we'll surround them because we can actually see a physical uh, change in the person, you know, they might lose their hair. Um, they'll go through treatments, that kind of thing. But if they come to us and say, I'm, I'm feeling blue or I'm anxious or depressed and, um, we oftentimes go, Oh, okay. And walk away, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and so, you know, cause we, you can't see it, right. You know, it's not this, it's not the same thing as being pregnant or having cancer or breaking a leg or that kind of thing that we can see physically. And so one of the things that we're trying to really teach with the Pathways to Hope conference, but also with Bridges to Care San Antonio and with the, the ministry at Christ church that we have here at our local congregation is that, um, even the unseen things need to be cared for, um, and so asking the right questions, being a companion, walking with somebody, um, and, and just being there for them um, in the same way that you would if they are going through something physical, um, you know, physical illness. Being available to them for their emotional health is is of utmost importance. You
1: know, one what- of the things. Go ahead, Carol. I want to, you know, we've talked earlier, Ron, about how caregiving is such an internal journey, and you're talking about things that you you can't see, and and so the idea that your spiritual life, right, is is it involves unseen, uh, the unseen spirit, but your mental health is also unseen. So if you've got alignment, I mean, that's what I like about the church. Again, highlighting an issue that is really for the whole community, because you can make concrete things that don't seem concrete.
2: Right. Right. And for so long, the church has been focused in on just the spiritual world um, and the reality for us. If we really want to be the church. If we really want to be community, we've got to focus in on the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, and how those four aspects of life work together um, and are cohesive. And that's what community is. It's it's the reality of those four things working together in all of us. Um, and sometimes we're dysfunctional. Probably most of the time we're dysfunctional, <laughs> and, and yet we still have to find a way to come together to... Um, to be healed and renewed and restored. Um, And we do that through being together.
0: It's interesting. We were talking with Carol uh, last week on a program we do called Take 10 about how uh, folks will say how you're doing. uh, And they really don't want the answer. They just want you to say, hey, I'm doing great. When it comes to the kind of mental health issues you're talking about, after the service, standing at the door, saying goodbye to your parishioners, and, and you say, how you doing? do you want an answer to that? Do you really want to know?
2: Yeah, I, I do. Um, uh, now with the training that I've gotten, I, I, I really do want to know. Um, and if someone says fine or great, I'll S I'll sometimes say really, cause I know that you've gone through this or that, or, you know, you're coming out of this illness or you just had COVID or, um, you've lost a loved one. You know, are you really okay? You know, um, Uh, And asking it again with in a different way um, allows people to say, you know what, I think my pastor really does want to know if I'm okay, and I don't want to just lie to him that I'm fine because I'm really not, you know. Um, um, And then being able to take the time to listen to uh, their story and what they are struggling with.
1: Yeah, but that's a that's a great reminder for any of us who interact with caregivers because a lot of times we're just programmed to say fine. And asking that again uh, and really showing interest gives that person permission to be genuine uh, and to share what they're really thinking about. You know, I'm curious because so much these days is put upon nonprofits and the church, the societal ills. And I'm curious just in the, in the realm of mental health and mental illness and what you, you were talking about, your training, if you had the magic wand. Um, what would you like to see us as a, as a society, as a country, uh, do to help relieve some of that burden?
2: I think the, the key to it for for me, and I was just sharing this with my uh, councilman from San Antonio this, this morning, is to invest in um, the movement like Bridges to Care imagine in 4 years right right now we have about 600 wellness champions in in the city imagine in 4 years if we made the investment monetarily and with time and energy and we had 10,000 people trained that'd be enough people to actually turn turn the tide of the stigma surrounding uh, mental health and mental wellness um we'd begin to look at people as people rather than you know as depression or as anxious or as an addict, we'd actually see people. Um, And, and then I think it could just grow from there, you know, exponentially. And the more people that have the information and the training um, I think the more we will have compassion for one another and be able to walk that journey with each other. And I think it'll keep people out of crisis. Um, You know, so often crises, you know, when people call nine one one or go to the emergency room, those crises could be avoided if they just had somebody that would actually listen to them. Um, and so a lot of times now I don't say, how are you doing? I'll say, tell me what's going on in your life. Right. Cause how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. But, you know, asking that question, what's going on, you know, tell me, tell me the story of this week, you know, um, and people will open up and talk about that. That could, Potentially keep them from entering a, a crisis in their life um, by actually having someone to share life with.
1: So it's a, a, a great way to open strategy. that door. Yeah. a Prevention strategy as well um, right. as a, you know, as a as a treatment strategy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we we, we can't just pray it out of them. Right. You know, um, that's part of it. I mean, I'm a firm believer in prayer. Um, uh, you would expect that as a priest, right. But, um, um, but it's so much more than that. It's like, it's, it's prayer. It's listening to one another. It's, it's asking those questions that would, um, uh, beg the story out of somebody so that they can share what's going on in their life and um, being genuine and then walking that road with them. Um, you know, I often say that outreach has no time limit on it. So when you're reaching out to somebody, you you can't say, "Well, I'm going to do this for five months." You're you're going to do it until that relationship is healed, whatever that looks like, and that could be 20 years, it could be 40 years, um, it could be four days. You know, it all it all depends. There's no time limit on it. Um, so we we walk the road with one another, and the more people we could have trained to be able to do that effectively, I think the the greater um, compassion will have in in our city and in our communities.
0: Now, for those who are interested in pathways to hope, the conference, either through live streaming or attendance, uh, we talked a bit about this at the beginning of today's program. C- can you give us a rundown on what folks can expect? What kind of topics will be covered?
2: Definitely, you'll hear speakers about what a healthy community looks like and what that's about, um, and then there'll be workshops for clinicians, workshops for clergy. Um, workshops for uh, citizens, um, you know, of all different topics. Self care will be one of those uh, topics for everyone. Um, what does it look like to uh, to go through training, and what does it look like to be a caregiver? Um, how can we reach out to people, um, and and how can we reduce the stigma of of mental illness, and and be able to talk openly about it with one another? Um, So all of us will be going through workshops that will be discussing that. Um, We'll even have one workshop in Spanish on Saturday for our Spanish speaking uh, population. So that will be helpful to them as well.
0: And the program is free.
2: The program is free. Yep. All you have to do is go to NAMI-SAT.org. That's the NAMI website. And then there you can click on Pathways to Hope and register. And that's all you have to do is let us know you're coming. Um, either digitally or in person. Um, again, all the main speakers will be live streamed, but the workshops will be recorded and available at a later time.
0: How's the program funded? It's free. How do you pay for the uh, folks who are coming in for all the facilities?
2: The um, the Tobin Center is actually gifted to us, um, so we're not charged for that, which is just a beautiful cool. gift from the county um, and uh, the city of San Antonio. Um, funds it. Um, There's a lot of other partners in that. My my congregation that I serve has given some funding towards it. Um, And so many of the organizations throughout the city who believe in um, mental health and mental wellness have contributed financially to it or through Gifts in Kind.
0: Well, I thank you for your involvement and appreciate you joining us today on Caregiver SOS on Air. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. A thank you to the Reverend Justin Lindstrom for joining us. Again, it's Pathways to Hope Conference, August 26th and 27th at the Tobin Center or online. Go to pathwaystohope.net and you can get more information. Delighted to have you all on board. We'll talk to you again soon on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zernial and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air.